0: Hey, this is Dave Ryder from Newspring Church here in beautiful Perth, Western Australia. Really praying that this message is going to help you. If you'd like some more information about our story, just head to newspring.org.au. Well, good morning Church, how you doing and great to be back with you. Thank you so much to Chelsea and Kyla for the last couple of weeks. Just been getting some fantastic um, feedback. So hope you guys are feeling really encouraged. you are fantastic communicators of the gospel. And we're so blessed to be able to serve alongside with you. Well, today is May 24, 2020. It was exactly six months ago on November 24, 2019 when God actually told me to actually announce something new for New Spring Church. He actually asked that I would actually declare and announce that there was a new season that was about to come. The message was called, He Changed the Diet. You can actually watch it on our YouTube channel. Or it's even on our Facebook um, uh, account. And I really encourage you to actually listen and actually watch um, what God actually said to us last year. And I actually brought that same message to Calum under this year as well. But listen to it in its actual, um, the, the first time it was spoken. Because it seems that God's actually been preparing us for this season. He's actually been setting us up for this season. It's great to know that nothing is a surprise for God. I think 2020 is a classic example of this. In fact, um, New Spring Church, we actually brought in um, 2020 through prayer. If you remember, December 31, we actually came here at night and we were praying through the night and we actually stepped over the threshold of 2019 into 2020 through prayer because we anticipated and we expected that this year was going to be different, that God wanted to do something uh, just, just, just strangely different in our lives and in our midst. And you know what? Uh, 2020 is here. It wasn't too long after that that Cullamundra Church of Christ actually joined us on this journey. And this has been a journey where for years we've been trying to posture ourselves. We've been trying to hear from God and actually uh, align ourselves so that we would be in the slipstream of what God is doing because we anticipate and we expect that there is a brand new move of God which is about to happen and we want to be right there in the middle of it. And that's what we did. And now we find ourselves here. And even I remember um, saying that we don't even know the people who are going to be joining us on this journey. And lo and behold, we have beautiful Kalamanda Church of Christ You're with us. And we're all journeying together in this. Now, in this current pandemic in this current season there are generally two responses that people are taking. And it doesn't matter if, if you consider yourself just a normal everyday Australian or if you're a business leader or even, even indeed if you consider yourself a church leader. There are two responses that people seem to be taking in this current season. The first season is that this pandemic season is just an interruption. It's inconvenient. It's an interruption. You know, people say, you know, this too will pass. Right now, there's something that's upon us, but it'll be lifted. And after it's lifted, it's back to work, back to life as usual. That's one of the responses. It's just an interruption. But there are others, uh, myself included, who would actually discern and say, this season is not just an interruption this season is a disruption that god has used this season to disrupt us i know that myself i am being disrupted like nothing else he has used this season he has used everything that is happening to actually um, shake us up because he wants to do something new he wants to bring about something brand new in our midst and there are a lot of people around the world who are discerning this isn't a interruption this is a disruption And I think that as we fast forward, we will all look back on 2020 and and history will actually record and actually document and actually make a commentary that 2020 was a pivotal point in the history of humanity. What we're actually going to be um, stepping into is the emerging of a brand new world. And obviously the complexity is that in the midst of a brand new world which is emerging, there is also going to be an emergence of a brand new church. And this means that things are very ambiguous. This means that the things that worked yesterday may not necessarily work tomorrow. And it means that we need to have our ears open and our eyes fixed on Jesus to actually be led by him in this ambiguous um, season of transition where he is doing a brand new thing. Now, as you probably know, I've taken the last couple of weeks off and um, what I needed to do is I actually needed some space. I needed some space to pray, I needed some space to think and um, we, we had this online world kind of thrust thrusting uh, uh, upon us. It was kind of imposed and it was almost like always um, like like a, like, a, like a dog chasing its tail. It was just uh, a perpetual um, spring behind the eight ball. So I just needed some time. And, Um, As I went away and I've been praying and and I'm just seeking God and and also just trying to comprehend what he's been saying to me over the last couple of months, I kind of just want to give you a heads up today. This isn't really a preach. This is actually a heads up for Colour Church of Christ and also for New Spring Church. This is a heads up of what you can expect to happen in the next 6 to 18 months um, in the life of our church. And what's going to happen is that God is actually going to bring about three new things. Three new things. So as they begin to happen, please don't be um, surprised by it because right now I'm giving you a heads up. This is what you can expect to see and experience and you are invited to be part of. Three things. Three new things. The first one is there is going to be new breath in our church. There is going to be new breath in our church. Wait for it. It's going to come. It's going to come. Second thing is that there is going to be a new form when it comes to our church. And this is probably going to trip up a lot of people because we generally as a church for thousands of years we generally have done the same thing but it's the expression, it's the form of what we do that trips people up but you know what we are actually going to have to take on a new form and that's not even necessarily something that we think is a great idea or something that we would come up with. No there are things that are now being uh, imposed upon us or even taken away that mean that the form of church is going to have to change. Our form's going to change. And the third thing which you can expect, anticipate and also be invited to be part of is that there will be a brand new remnant that rises. There's going to be a new remnant that rises within our church. And even globally, I believe there's a new remnant of followers of Jesus Christ who will be standing up and who will be rising up. So today is simply a heads up. Expect this, anticipate this, and more than that, actually pray into this. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Word of God says. And God is actually doing something brand new. He's taken us by surprise, but He's not surprised, but He has given us a heads up over the last 12 to 18 months through the prophetic words that He has spoken in and through our church. So there's going to be new breath in our church and we're going to spend a bit of time later just talking about this this new breath and that's really really exciting as we go on in the next couple of months you're going to start to see a shifting and a change in the way we do things and there will be new form and you'll actually experience that firsthand and when it comes to a remnant it's important for us to understand that God in his relationship with his people throughout human history he has always used a remnant We as humanity, we love to look at the big, but God always starts with the small. He always starts with the little. That's why He chose Israel. He didn't choose Israel because they were strong and mighty. He chose to love Israel because He chose to love Israel, didn't He? God always uses a remnant. In fact, as Jesus comes, there's this prophecy of all that that there would be a remnant through which this new thing comes. But no one expected that the remnant would be as small as 12 men, 12 disciples. That's how small God uses, and we're engrafted into that. So God always uses a remnant. In fact, if you look throughout the history of renewals and revivals, it's always a handful of people who hear the Lord, who are 100% in. They are in completely, and they seek God, and they pray, and they search the scriptures, and renewal and revivals happen, not because of the multitude, even though the multitude are invited, but it's because of the remnant who actually come to the Lord and seek His face. So God is actually going to cause a new remnant to rise from within. our church as well so to talk about breath we're going to look at ezekiel 37 which i know is a really really familiar um scripture but god has kind of been speaking to me out of out of this um over the last um two to three months now when it comes to this particular season so i'm going to read from the um niv um so if you have your bibles why did you open that up we're going to uh, read ezekiel 37 verses 1 to 10 1 to 10 the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord this is what the sovereign lord says to these bones i will make breath enter you and you will come to life i will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin i will put breath in you and you will come to life then you will know that i am the lord So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says, Come, breath from the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Gee, that's a pretty well-known um, prophetic word from Ezekiel it's very well preached as well. Um, if you've been around the Christian um, block a couple of times, no doubt you've heard messages from this. But two weeks into our isolation period, um, God starts talking to me and he gives me a title, which He's unpacked um, from that point. And, and it's almost like the subject title a subject matter. And he says, son, I want to talk to you about the prophetic mess the Prophetic mess, and I didn't know if he was trying to give me a heads up, or, or more, 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 more. I've come to realize that, 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 that more profoundly, he's actually wanting to bring greater clarity to my understanding as to how his word works, how it outworks. We know scripture, Isaiah 55, God says, My word shall not return unto me void. But, but how does his word work in order so it does not return unto and void, so that it actually accomplishes exactly and precisely exactly what God has determined for it to accomplish, and it actually often happens, and more often than we like to think, happens through a prophetic mess. And we don't like messes, do we? I don't like mess. Our natural inclination is to keep things clean. Our natural inclination, if we see a mess, is to make sure that that mess is gone. But God seems to actually use um, a prophetic mess. And sometimes when we see mess in our life, or we see mess in the church, or we see mess anywhere, we can often think, you know what, there is evidence that God is actually out of the picture. There's evidence that we've heard wrong. There's a mess over there, and that must mean that God has actually left. God is absent. We're outside of the will of God. Well, we don't actually realize and understand that a lot of times the, the presence of a mess, especially a prophetic mess, is actually an indication that God is currently outworking His Word. He is fulfilling His prophecy to his people. And very often that comes through a prophetic mess. So we can actually anticipate that some things are going to get a little bit messy in our lives. The, the very presence of mess indicates that, that God is working. I think 2020 can really attest to this. And I think it brings, brings some encouragement as well. 2020 is still a year of prophetic fulfillment. Now, I know there's some people in the life of our churches and you've um, discerned and you've had an anticipation of 2020 is going to be the year that some things have been spoken over your life that they're going to come to fruition. And all of a sudden, the world has turned upside down and it can be easy for us to think, oh, wait a minute, I must have heard wrong. There's things are really messy now. Maybe that prophetic word is for later. And you just need to know that the promise still stands that God is actually going to fulfill some incredible things in 2020. Just you wait and just you see. But it comes through a prophetic mess. Everyone loves prophecy, don't they? I mean, I love it. I'm sure you love it. I mean, I could even prophesy right now. I've got things in my heart about certain people. And I know that God is working in your heart and in your mind. We all love prophecy. I mean, our church here at New Spring Church, this church, New Spring Church, started with a prophetic vision. The prophetic vision was this, that New Spring Church would be a gateway for the southeast. That people will come and encounter God through this gate called this church, which is over here, New Spring Church. And that is not just a prophetic vision, that is a mandate that is upon this church. I know, Callum, Church of Christ, you've had many, many prophetic words spoken over you over the many years. Andrew and I, we have had constant words spoken over us. From a young boy, I remember uh, men and women speaking life and prophetic vision over me many, many times. And I'm sure you have as well. And prophecy is great. I mean, it should confirm what we already have discerned from the Lord. It should bring encouragement. It should bring recalibration. Sometimes it brings correction. Sometimes it actually brings that realignment. We've kind of gone a couple of degrees off. And the prophetic word comes and actually brings us back to where we're supposed to be. But the the prophetic gift, the prophetic grace also announces some things that are yet to come. It announces things that are yet to come. It brings a vision of the things that God wants to just bring to fruition in your life and also in our churches. And that's really, really exciting, except for the fact that there is a great distance between prophetic spoken, and a prophetic word that's been fulfilled there's a great gap there is actually a space and sometimes we get lost in the space you may have heard a word from lord something may have been spoken over you and now you're in that place where there is space where there is distance between a prophetic word spoken and a prophetic word fulfilled and you may even think that god is withholding from you not knowing that god is never withholding from you he is actually keeping things for you that he will give you at the right appropriate time. God has everything at hand, but sometimes in that space, we have to wait. And in that space, so often it gets so messy. And we think that maybe God has abandoned his word and not recognizing that God is actually fulfilling his word. But it comes to us through a prophetic mess. The space between dead things and things made alive is very messy. We struggle with this. God doesn't seem to have a problem with it. I mean, I think about my life. There was this great um, space. There was this great chasm between Dave Ryder, who was dead, and Dave Ryder is alive. And in that space is the crucifixion. In that space is the cross of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, that was pretty messy. That wasn't clean. That was messy. God doesn't seem to mind mess at all. Think about David. Samuel, the prophet, comes to David and anoints him as the next king. You know, he's just this young guy. But there is this space, there is this distance between David being anointed and David being coronated as king. And in that space, in that um, distance, there is mess. It gets messy. There's mess it seems that the distance between a prophecy spoken and prophecy fulfilled is space and in distance and in that space and distance there is going to be a prophetic mess as god is working out his word so it will not return unto him void but it will accomplish what he has determined for it to Be uh, to accomplish so take heart in this moment right now God is working it out he is still doing stuff and it will get messy but that is just evidence that God is bringing to pass his prophetic word to your life but also to our churches in Jesus name amen amen you know we struggle with mess don't we I do I think it's funny, like even in the life of this church and my leadership, I've said things, I've moved in certain ways, and you hear God and then you move, right? And what's really ironic is that when you move, things start to get a little bit messy and then people start to complain. <laughs> and then people start to accuse you, <laughs> which is incredible. And what's really ironic is that, that, that people will actually accuse you of not hearing God when the very fact that you've moved and there is things that are becoming messy is the, very, um, is the actual evidence that you did hear God is very ironic. But you know what? I've had a couple of kids, as every parent will attest to. Anytime that new birth comes forth, there's going to be mess. The companion of new birth is mess. And we are in a season where God is going to rebirth not one, but two brand new churches. Two brand new churches who have new breath, new form, and a new remnant. That's where we are right now. It's the dilemma of new wine. I believe we heard a message, something like this. When God brings the right thing in the wrong way, we've we've heard these messages of God setting us up, letting us know that this is what he is doing. So out of this uh, prophecy in Ezekiel 37, I want to pull out a couple of things. And I hope it's going to help us actually set a tone and and frame um, our mindset for the season that we're about to step into And it's really important to know that um, in the structure of Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37 is actually in a portion of the the book of Ezekiel that is all about restoration and is all about um, new hope. Very first thing which I think the Lord wants us to know about um, this prophecy in light of this season is this, that things are clean when things are dead. Things are clean when things are dead. Just listen to this verse one and two. The hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. There's no mess with dry bones. There's no mess at all. Um, you know, if I had a bunch of bones on the grass over here right now, there'd be no mess at all. I have a dog, you know, Oscar, and like when we give him a bone, like if we give him like a bone, like if, I, if I'm butchering a leg of lamb or something, give him a bone, there's going to be some mess around. But if that bone is all dried out, there's no mess at all. Things are very clean when things are very, very dead. And the antithesis of something being dead is alive, isn't it? And this is where um, the crux of the matter actually happens. The moment where the process begins, where God wants to bring about life out of things that are dead, very often that moment is a moment of offence. It's a moment of offence. And please understand, it's not the pastor offending you. It's not your your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ offending you. It's actually the Lord who will come and offend you. He will come and offend you. The starting point is offence this last Thursday, uh, May 21, Andrew and I just completed eight years of leading New Spring Church. Eight years. Um, oh my goodness, how, how incredible is that? Um, the church has put up with us for eight years, and I reckon we've got a couple more years in us. Eight years. And um, as I said, like, about two months ago, God starts speaking to me about this prophetic mess. And even as I'm talking about dead things coming alive, I, can, I don't need no prophetic unction or anything. No, some people might be getting their nose out of joint and saying, What are you trying to say about our church? Well, I'm not saying anything about your church. But let me actually repeat to you exactly what the Lord said to me. Okay, exactly what he said to me. This is about two months ago. And remember, this last week I finished eight years. And... Um, Word for word, this is what the Lord said. He said, son, what if you spend eight years working on something and you think it's coming alive, but I call it dead? I've got to tell you, that hit me. (laughs) It's not that he was saying that the church was dead. He was actually saying, what if? What if you spend eight years, 10 years? What if you spend a lifetime working on something? This is what he's saying. What if you see something as alive and I come into your life and I actually point it out and say, you know what? You think that's alive, but that's actually dead. How are you going to respond to that? That's what he was saying to me. How are you going to respond to that? Well, that's pretty hard. I mean, am I going to say, sorry, God, sorry, Jesus? You might know all things, but I reckon you're wrong in this instance. No, 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 no. I can't. I can't. The response of humility will actually come before the Lord and say, Okay, Lord, if you say that's dead, I agree with you. I'm going to agree with you on this. Submission is only tested when we disagree. Did you get that? That's really important for leadership, by the way. If you ever want to be a leader in a church, or if you are following, or even if you're part of the church or part of a family, even like, you know, submission is only tested when you actually disagree. Isn't that true? And every single day, I think the most offended people in the world should always be Christians. Because every single day, Jesus will come and he will confront us with truth. And when truth is presented before our opinions or our ideas, something's got to give. And Jesus is not about to give because he is the king and he is sovereign and he is God and the truth is truth. So when the Lord comes to you and I every single day and presents truth, there is a moment where we could easily get offended. But our response of humility responds appropriately and we bow our knee and we say, "Okay, I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you in this. It takes humility to agree with God. And humility not only agrees with God, not only recognizes God, but humility also responds to God in a certain way. Just look at verse 3 as is spoken here. He, that being the Lord, said, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you only know. I mean, that's a pretty good question, isn't it? I mean, you can see these bones and they're kind of dead. The line all around the valley, all around the ground. And it's a pretty obvious question. These things are dead. Do you reckon they can come alive? But it's a fantastic response from Ezekiel. It's a response of humility where he doesn't presume to know the answer, but he says, Sovereign Lord, only you know. Only you know. And I think that the plight of humanity, the human heart, will always soar on the wings of pride. And we always try to answer questions that only God Himself can answer. Can these bones live? I don't know, but you know. You know, the answer might have been yes, but the answer may have been no. But He didn't know, so He said, Sovereign Lord, you only know. Human propensity is to answer questions only God has the answer to. And we all do this, don't we? We all think we know the way forward. We all think we know the direction. And and sometimes we can say, we need to go this way. I believe we go this way. And we have never inquired of the Lord. We didn't even inquire of God. But we need to actually respond in humility. And that's how we do. Sovereign Lord, you only know. Next thing about this um, scripture, which is really prevalent to us um, as under as New Spring Church, is this. New form is not what brings about New life it's certainly part of the process but it is not a new form that brings new life that is really important for us to understand now now remember like what I said at the beginning we can expect new breath a new form and a new remnant okay So as we start to see a new form, let's not get tripped up. Just listen to the emphasis uh, um, given to Ezekiel from the Lord. Verse 5 says this, This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come alive. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. Get this. I will put breath in you and you will come alive. Then you will know that I am the Lord. He repeats it. He's making it a point here. He's making there's an emphasis over here. And in your mind's eye, in your imagination, just picture this as I read the uh, verse 78. Just picture what's happening. Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, that's really important. As I was prophesying, there are some people in that church, and you have simply stopped prophesying. And when you stop prophesying, things stop happening. This, this is only happening as I prophesied let me encourage you start prophesying again i'm not to show you exactly who that is but start prophesying again anyway as i was prophesying there was a noise a rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone i looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them but there was no breath in them a prophetic word brought about new form absolutely Bones started to rattle, (laughs) muscles and tendons and skin came together, there was a new form but there was no life. (coughs) Prophecy brought about a new form but then there had to be another prophetic word that brought about new breath and that new breath is what brought about new life. Verse 9 then he said to me prophesy to the breath prophesy son of man and say to it this is what the sovereign Lord says come breath from four winds and breathe into this lane that they may live so i prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them and they came to life they stood on their feet a vast army ezekiel prophesies form takes place then he prophesies again and then breath comes and with breath and form comes new life that's what we can anticipate to happen in the life of our church there's going to be new breath but there has to be new form as well that is actually gonna come. God is calling some things dead in our churches and in our lives that right now we look at and we say, you know what, I reckon it's still kicking a bit. I reckon there's some life still in that. And God is actually coming upon us right now in this season and it's gonna be interesting to see how we respond, how we respond. But there are some things in my life that I call alive and God is saying to me, Dave, that is dead. What are you going to do about that? Are you going to get offended about it? Or are you going to stand up and are you going to respond appropriately in humility? And this is where I feel that we are as a church. And I think it's really pertinent for us. We've been absent from gathering together for over two months now. And I have no doubt, I'm no brainiac, but I have no doubt that atrophy is set in, that there's there's, the the discipline and all that is is waning and, and, and all this sort of stuff. I mean, I'm not silly. I know this is happening, okay? But right now, God is calling us to a posture of humility. It's a posture that that responds to God and and seeks God and discerns the the, the word of the Lord. And this posture of humility will, number one, it will enable us to hear the voice of the Lord. And it will enable us to respond appropriately. And as we do this, you will see, mark my words, you will see it. You can't see it now, but we will see it. We will see, and not only will we see, we will personally and corporately, we will personally and corporately experience that new breath is going to come and actually blow through our churches, blow through our families, blow through our souls and our mind. There is going to be a new breath, and there is also going to be a new form that takes place, and there is a reformation of God's church, and there will also be a brand new remnant who actually pick up what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, and they rise to their feet. They are Spirit filled sons and daughters of God, and they are courageous, they have tenacity, and they look out to the hills in Kalamunda and they look into the valley of, of, of Armadale and they are not intimidated. In fact, there's something that rises up inside of them and says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven today. There is a new remnant that is rising, and I really encourage you, I really, really encourage you, make the decision to be part of this new remnant because I've got to let you know, we're going there anyway. I'm going, I ain't waiting, we're going, all right? God is doing something brand new and we're going and it's gonna be incredible. The promise still stands. The promise still stands. We're gonna start meeting together again. Things are gonna start opening up again very, very soon. And, and, And you know what? That simply means that very, very soon, it is go time for Jesus' church. So in this moment, as we're still isolated, in this moment, we still have this time and this space. Can I encourage you? Do not allow atrophy to sink in. Seek the Lord with all your heart. Pray to Him. Search scripture. Come before Him. Seek His face in every single moment where you can seek the Lord worship him praise him give glory to him and declare before him father my beautiful heavenly father I stand here and I want to be part of that remnant I want to be part of those chosen that as handful of people that you are calling to rise up and see your kingdom burst out into this world like never before if there is a move of God if there is a move of the Holy Spirit I want to be in the slipstream Holy Spirit come and lead me come and guide me in This moment, and we pray that also for our churches as well, don't we? Amen. Let me pray for you, pray your spirit stirred, and that you're hearing what the Lord is actually doing right now in this season, and your hearts are getting ready and you're being prepared because you know what, in a couple of weeks, it's going to be go time and um, it's going to be phenomenal. So, Father, we do come before you in Jesus' name. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to be your church. We don't want to take it for granted, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, and speak. Come Holy Spirit and shape us. Come Holy Spirit and mould us into the people you want us to be. We pray for wisdom in this season that, that, that we would be able to discern where you were going. We come and we inquire of you. We do not not, not take it upon ourselves to know the next step or to know the direction, but we inquire of you. Holy Spirit, lead us in all truth and take us to a place that we've never been before. Come and flood us with your breath. Come and bring about new form and cause a new remnant to rise from within our beautiful church. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.